TF is around 25 million a year. Uh, sales mentor is around 18. Wealth cap is around 24, 23, 24. Um, we just had a new business we picked up that's doing four to five. So here's a big question. As a digital marketer, how can we accelerate our business with extreme momentum without all the turbulence and time suck? And how do we do it in a way that changes the lives of everyone around us? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Chad Kaderi, CEO of Dashclicks, and welcome to Marketer's Mindset. What's going on, everybody? We have Taylor Welch coming all the way out of Nashville from Traffic and Funnels. Taylor, really quick for the audience, let them know what is it that you actually do, and how do you generate revenue for Traffic and Funnels? Uh, Traffic and Funnels is a consultancy for people who work with clients. So you know how there are the, uh, the incubators that take equity and they grow businesses in exchange for equity. We kind of do the same thing, but instead of equity for Traffic and Funnels, we take a fee. Uh, so that's, that's TF. Fair enough. Would you say that Traffic and Funnels is more on the education side or is, or is there anything like done for you, done with you, anything like that? Yeah. So there's, you know, there's the education piece and then there's yeah, the, the two extremes is like just courses and then agencies. We're kind of in the middle where it is a little bit of education, but it's a little bit of done with you as well. Um, a little more hands-on than a course, but not quite as hands-on as if we were hiring a, you were hiring an agency to do everything for you. Got you. And let, let's just, I want to peel the onion back so the viewers and the, the audience that's actually listening. So let's say as an example, if I'm an agency owner, I come to traffic and funnels. Um, I, let's say I see, I see your ads in your face is all over the place, right? So I see one of your ads, I click on it, I hit your landing page, I buy, let's say one of your courses, maybe one of your starter, you know, $17 products, and then it'll drive me up the value ladder at one point. Where am I ending up? Like, what's the goal for me or for you to get at agencies at the end of your value ladder? I mean, if, if I like you and the team likes you, the goal would be to get you into uh, Elite, which is the top offer that we have for TF. We have other programs that are more expensive in other businesses, but Elite is the top of TF and it's a year long or six months based on what, what you want. And there's events in person. Um, there is access to our team. So, you know, people don't know this, but uh, the COO that we've, retained for traffic and funnels has been a part of several exits. Uh, we run our company, not like an internet marketing company. We run our company more like a, like an IPO or, or something that is set to sale. So you get access to him, you get access to me and Chris, you get access to our team. And it's more of a longer term engagement, uh, with relationship involved rather than just a transaction. Does that make sense? Yep. That makes perfect sense. And what, what's the cost if I want to get into something like that? What's like just rough costs? I, want to uh, I know they, they just raised the prices. It's probably like 40 to 50 for the year. I don't know exactly because um, I'm a, I'm actually a CEO, not necessarily a tinkerer inside of everything. So I'm not exactly sure what they're charging, but I think it's less than 50, more than 40. Fair enough. We'll call it 45 K if you want to join <laughs> right in the middle. There we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, and how many team members does traffic and funnels have? And what's just like a quick breakdown. Like how many people you have on sales, customer support, find success, things like that. Yeah. Traffic and funnels, like only uh, just for TF, probably 40, uh, 45 between everything together. We're over a hundred um, sales for everything is probably uh, just for TF or everything together. Which is uh, let's do traffic and funnels. And then traffic and funnels probably has maybe 10 or 12 salespeople, um, maybe 10 client success people, um, probably eight or 10 marketing people 
and then you know eight to ten um, operations staff. Fair enough. And for your sales reps, do they, any are they all quota carrying? Yep. And how do you strike? Because I see a lot. You know, there's a lot of also coaches, consultants, obviously agencies that watch the show. Um, what's a how do you structure uh, your sales rep quotas? Um, in terms of what we expect them to produce. Yeah, like monthly, maybe, you know, you got to add, um, you know, 10K in MRR or do 20K in gross net or gross sales as an example. Um, what's like a good core KPI for one of your sales reps on the traffic and funnel side? I can give you, I'll give you two answers to this question because I think I know what you're getting at. So I'll answer the fundamental question and then I'll take, take you behind the scenes. Cool. Um, every, I think our average per sales rep is probably around 200K in monthly production, all right? Um, that said, everybody's different and we have a, we have a vision structured culture. And there's kind of two ways to push someone. People can improve because they're, they can improve out of fear, you know, or they can improve out of vision. And I want people on our team to improve out of vision. I want them to, uh, to see what's possible and set big goals. So our top, our top dogs are gonna earn 35 to 40 K and our people at the bottom are going to earn eight to 10 K. And I'm, I'm not a, about just cutting those people loose immediately because sometimes it's not a salesmanship issue. It's more of a vision issue. So we're not really big on the, like, if you don't produce this, you're fired. Um, we're more along the lines of like, what is your potential? And if we can line you up with your potential, that's great. If not, we'll replace you. Love it, man. And, and, uh, and how many uh, active clients is traffic and funnel serving right now? I know in the education space, people come and go, um, but let's just say in your high ticket programs or anything that's recurring, how many active clients are you guys servicing right now? Say maybe seven number. or eight, seven or 800. Cool. And how many people do you think, this is a random question, but how many people do you think have went through, like, if you look at maybe your CRM system, anybody who purchased a product from you, um, uh, how many hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands do you think it's been that maybe either bought a $17 product and stopped there? And how many people do you think you have in your actual system? I would say 80 to 100,000. Love that, man. So 80 to 100,000 people have got a taste of traffic and funnels, whether it be a small $17 uh, product or way up in the value ladder in your elite program. So yep. that's awesome. Um, and most people, uh, especially in the education space, there's always what we hear of the value ladder, right? Or, or some type of strategy to get people on a low end product and then kind of ascend them up the ladder or send them down, whatever it is that you call it, right? Uh, what is your, what is your, what's your structure in traffic and funnels? Like what's your game plan? Is it, Hey, let me release the $17 product, send all my traffic there, get my sales guys on the back end to reach out to these guys and to send them up to elite. Like, how does that work? Do you have any products in the middle where they're going from 17 to like a course that's like a thousand bucks and then pushing up from there? Yeah, we do, but we don't necessarily, we we've tried to set everything up as a family of companies, not just for traffic and funnels, because to be honest, um, there are people that come in through traffic and funnels marketing that don't belong in traffic and funnels. They belong in wealth cap, you know, they, or they belong in, in, uh, in sales mentor or whatever. So we kind of see it as like, what, what's the plethora of options that people have. And the best journey for us is somebody could come in, buy a book from us or something simple. They love it. They hop into one of our groups. They love it. Um, yeah, we have two, three, $400 pro programs that are much less uh, expensive and pricey than say a CK. Um, but 
ideally we want to get somebody to the place of producing significant enough revenue that they can get into wealth building. You know, they, they've gone from the level of like, I'm trying to make money to, I have enough money and now I'm trying to build wealth long-term. And then they are transferred into uh, the real estate side of the house because it's not very profitable for us to just have a bunch of random $400 people coming in all the time. We want to get them to a place of health and, and sustainability and then get them into the long game. What's your thought process on the industry right now? Like, uh, and this is internet marketing. Yeah. This is not one of the questions that I have here, but um, I'm going to ask you, cause I know you're big into the game. Um, what, what, what do you think about the whole industry right now? Like with this whole influencer thing and a bunch of people selling courses online and trying to get people to, you know, be better at sales or be better at this. Like what's your, what's your thought on the whole thing? You want me to be honest with you? I want, I want the, the raw fucking truth. <laughs> um, I really hate it. Okay. I really hate it. I think, uh, I think that it's a kind of a cesspool of, you know, I was thinking about it this morning because in one of our groups, there's a guy who has kind of followed us for the last four or five years. And he's always just kind of showing up, taking shots. It's funny. Somebody texted me um, on Monday who used to work for us and she was very nice and very kind. She used to work for us. She transitioned out and she was like, Hey, I just need to apologize for, I've taken some cheap shots at traffic and funnels. And I didn't know what she was talking about. Uh, but I was like, Hey, that's, you know, it's, you know, somebody has got some strength when they're apologizing for something that the person wouldn't even know, like that's integrity. And I was like, this means a lot. Thank you. But I was thinking about the culture of internet marketer. And it's just like this, this cesspool of like, you know, everybody wants to take shots at the people at the top. And uh, I feel like what we're lacking in the internet marketing world is proper, uh, you know, the proper specimen of business owner who understands that um, it's not just about having one year where you do really well and you're very transactional and like nobody's really long-term in this industry. And sometimes when I come back from working at other companies, you know, I'm coming back from, you know, touring different banks that want our business for wealth cap long-term and they're willing to do whatever for us. You know, we have like $15 million credit lines on the real estate side, just insane stuff. And I step back into internet marketing. Sometimes I'll go into a group and I'll just be like, Oh, this feels so gross, you know? because it's just a bunch of kids making fun of each other and trying to kind of like politics right now. Yeah. It's like the only way you can win is by discrediting the other guy. Um, and I think that it needs, it needs some good leaders. You got some great guys in the, in the space stuff. Um, you got people who are filled with integrity. Um, you know, Pete Vargas, I was talking with Billy Jean the other day, um, you know, Marshall Silver, Russell Brunson. Like there are some people who I think stand for the right things and they do it the right way. But overall, we need a complete overhaul, I think, of the morality of the internet marketing. Yeah, and it's funny know? because I've, you know, I've been, especially when you say internet marketing, um, even just diving straight into digital marketing or on the agency space, um, if we pinpoint that industry specifically, I mean, I've been, I've been doing that since 2009. Um, our company Dashlix is about two and a half years old, which stacks on top of that. It's like our software platform. Um, and what we've seen over the, I think we have like 25,000 agencies that signed up to use our platform in the last two years, you would like the patterns that I see coming in, the patterns, we also have our Facebook group, which we've got like 6,000 people or something like that in it. Um, but what I'm seeing uh, on the other end of that poll is very similar metrics. And what I'm seeing is, is expectations being the biggest issue. Um, I see people coming into the internet marketing game or this digital marketing game thinking that it's like this two hour work week, get rich quick type of yeah. scenario when in reality, 
they're looking at the end of the, the end of their goal is money. And it's not necessarily building a business or something sustainable. It's just like, how do I just saw this guy um, get a three, $3,000 sale uh, for Facebook ads for a client. Um, how do I do the same thing today? Like, how do I get that same result? And then how do I burn that $3,000 client? And that, that client won't even right. be there the next month. Right. Um, right. So I think there needs to be some type of big shift in the industry. Um, and for us, you know, we, we've slowly been moving a little bit up market to work with more established agencies. I think that's definitely something that we love doing people that mm -hmm. have, you know, they have a team of 15, 30, 40 people, um, <clears throat> that have, you know, hundred, 200 clients that are focusing on the business, focusing on like what you said at the beginning of the conversation, maybe one day, how can they actually take an exit, right? Or how can they build something of value versus, especially for a lot of coaches in the, in the space, and it's hard to say it. But a lot of coaches in the space, um, they'll go out and they'll build the whole company. They'll do a million, two, three, four, five million dollars in sales. Uh, and at the end of it, it's, it's purely an education play. And it's built around their specific brand name. And if tomorrow they get hit by a bus, it's over. Like their their is not valued yeah. in anything. It's zero, right? Which it's there's just, nothing wrong with that as long as you're not pretending to be something else, which yes. is like the key, you know? Yes. Uh, that plus also a big portion in my belief is because we, we have a big education business too, to, to our business, but I believe in dipping into other, dipping into other assets and combining them and building like an ecosystem to make the 100%. company actually be valued. And I think for all the agency owners listening to this, I think you guys really need to focus on not just how to grind through and pick up as many clients as you can and then burn and turn them. I think you really need to focus on actually building a business and whatever it is, yep. whether you're an agency or whether you're a freaking locksmith, whatever you do. Build build a freaking business, man. Um, yep. What let, let's talk about needle movers really quick. Like, what was the number one needle mover that you saw in your business that just like, whew, like when you maybe it was early on when you started. What was that one thing where I was like, holy shit, like this, this is I'm seeing like the light bulb moment here that's taking me to the next level. Uh, you mean like when we first got started? Yeah, maybe like so, something like for me as an example is when I first started doing paid ads five years, six years ago. And I was gotcha. like, wow, this is like a game changer. Let me dump a hundred K in here. Right. Like what was, what was your needle mover? What was that one thing that you saw that was like the big differentiator that took you to the next level going from maybe a million dollars a year to $10 million a year, whatever that case is. Like the, the problem with, with answering this question is like, after you get past a certain point, there are, there's a needle mover every three months. And then you yeah. can't remember what the one was in 2015. That's why I'm like kind of trying to reach back into the, the archives. So to speak. we started with paid ads though. So yeah. I would say, yes, that's a needle mover, but we got, we got lucky in that Chris Evans, the other half of the business was a paid ads guy. Yeah. Uh, so I remember being in Dallas for a network marketing event with my wife, literally walking around a stadium in Dallas, looking at our metrics on the phone. Nobody had ever heard of us. Nobody knew who Taylor was. Nobody knew who Chris was and um, having a filled up, calendar of people who had gone through our webinar and applied to work with us and so in a lot of senses we got lucky in that we were also doing done for you at the time and we hired a guy named sam about six months in and sam was like dude you guys got to stop doing done for you and just go down consulting that was probably the first big um leap up that we had because we bought back so much time, so many hours that we were doing done for you. We bought all of that time back and we were able to put it into marketing, client fulfillment, et cetera. Uh, we went from, you know, I think when we hired Sam, we were doing 40 or 50K a month. By the time we were done with Sam, we were doing 300 to 400K a month. So that was that first big 10X 
movement, so to speak for us, was removing the laborious done for you and getting into the transference of education. What about, what about something that was more recent? Once you get to like a higher level, once you're, you know, you're doing around like five, 10 M a year. Um, what are some of the things, especially for some of the people who are watching that can expect to get to these types of levels or maybe already at these types of levels? I know I see tons of things in our business um, that are high level that you don't see early on or not even, you know, you got to get to like past 50, 60, 70 employees to even be able to see issues like this, right? What's, what are the issues that you're seeing now in your business where you're like, dude, I can make this one change and it'll have such a massive intake on the entire company and move the needle so fast. Building an executive team and removing me and Chris as the decision makers uh, was huge because we became the bottlenecks. I think this is in um, the Rockefeller habits or scaling up the newer version. The strength of the leader becomes the weakness of the team. Yep. And for me and Chris, you know, at this point, we manage five different executive teams for five different companies, um, a couple million dollars likely a month in, in advertising spent. If you trace it all down and to all back to, to the credit cards, um, we can't make all the decisions anymore. And the longer we tried, the slower everything ran. And so we built executive teams for each company and we trained them how we think, how to make decisions. And we have now outsourced the level of mental bandwidth going into growth decisions and then things exploded. We did that around February this year. Um, and we've probably grown six to 800% since that moment yeah. this year. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I can relate to that and say literally the exact same thing. I know one of the big things we're doing right now is essentially growth. I mean, right now uh, in our company, I think we, we're on track to hiring between, I want to say five to eight people every single month for the last six months. Um, and with building and scaling a team of that size, leadership plays the biggest role in everything uh, in finding yep. people, delegating the stuff that you are so OCD about, pushing it out of your system and letting somebody, honestly, that's better than you, right? Yeah. You do it. Yeah. Right? There's people that are better at people. Like I, I remember when I first started my business in 2009, I thought I was the shit. I thought I was the best at everything. Nobody knew anything. Uh, nobody knew marketing better than me. Nobody knew sales better than me. I, I also started as a web developer. Nobody could develop better than me, right? Um, and then going on and building right now, we're at about, I think we're at about 60 people or so in our company. Um, nice. And understanding that level of what needs to be done to get stuff off of your plate. It's the biggest, yeah. and, I, and I will say that that is, I think, the biggest thing for us too. Um so for those of you guys that are listening to this, like take the shit off your plate. Like there's people out you that can do a better job, find those people, put them on an executive team, shuffle out the work to them, organize it, train them on the way that you like to do things or the processes that you've seen in the past work or the patterns that you've seen that were working in the past, train them, work with them and let them focus on those one specific set of tasks to push you further up, right? If you're struggling with getting leads for your business, hire a freaking sales VP and let them actually focus on building a sales team, right? If you don't have the time to do it, you're just going to be stuck forever. So, yep. you know, the big, big, big thing you just said there, man, something that I can agree on. Um, I'm going to get to the end of this. I'm going to ask us a couple quick rapid fire questions and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, you okay. got probably a shit ton of leads coming in every single month. I know you're doing a bunch of paid ads right now. First thing is how much you think you're spending a month on paid ads. I know you said it was about a million bucks. 
a couple of seconds. Probably two, one to two. Okay, cool. So there's a lot of leads coming in, I'm assuming, right? Where are you putting all yeah. the leads? What CRM system are you using? What's your sales process? Walk me through that in like a minute. Uh, HubSpot is the CRM that, well, I think they're, they might be using Infusionsoft. I don't know, to be honest with you, but I know our sales team uses HubSpot. Um, they come in, we have a team that just takes care of every front end lead. Everybody who comes in, we take care of them. It's a real human. We try not to automate this. I was on the, on an interview with, with the sales guru and he's like, you should automate that. I'm like, dude, you know, people Bradley? want a relationship now. Yeah. yeah like people that. want to relate, people want a relationship now more than ever before. Yep. It's, it's why it's part of why we're so successful. Um, nothing against him, but I was like, no, 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 we're, we've tried that. And we're actually going to call people the old fashioned way. Cause that's 2020. That's what people want. Yep. Um, so, so you're also have, calling, you're calling every, like if somebody buys a $17 product, you're calling them, right? Every single person who comes in, we're calling right. them. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, what do you, you, you think that you think that that's changed the game for you? Because I know a lot yeah. of other people in the space, they'll focus on nurturing email sequences and automations and stuff like that versus actually picking up the phone I mean, and saying, why'd, look, you, why'd you just buy our product? What the two trains of thought here are, there are some big names in the, in the industry that are like, only do what's going to get you paid. What's going to get you money. Yep. And that's kind of their ethos is like, man, get rid of all the stuff that's not an immediate ROI. But then my advantage and the reason that I have a, an advantage here is because I am not in internet marketing hundred uh, percent. Like I study banks. People don't understand this. They can't get it through their head. That's why it's like difficult to have conversations with some people who are like, all they do is, uh, is sales online. It's like, no, you don't understand because you've never studied bank of America and how they do business. You've never studied, you know, how real estate has gone through ebbs and flows. And this is a Dan Kennedy thing where you're going to pull so much gold from other industries that you can just take and clone inside of your industry. That's going to work. Um, so yeah, we, we have the ethos of like relationship first and what, what produces revenue is the byproduct of that relationship. So we're not in the business of like, man, cut everything that's not profitable in 24 hours. You know, there was like a big ad when we got, when we were coming up, that was like click to close in 48 hours. Um, and by the way, they're still doing this. So they're amazing at it. And you may not know who that is, but um, they're like, they want to close as many people as they can inside of 48 hours because they're statisticians. They're mathematicians. We are like the opposite, man. I will take six months to wait for a sale yep. because we're not necessarily extracting the math value out of each person we're trying to build a relationship and out of that relationship can come a healthy transaction and by the way we have likely a lot more repeat buyers because of that ethos does that make sense yeah when you're building rapport with a specific human when like one human builds a rapport with another human it's game changing yeah. business yeah 100 right? especially even in like the agency world because i know a lot of listeners have an agency that are watching this uh I've seen so many people that are like, Hey, I have my VA just like sending them emails and updates about like what they're doing. Like, dude, pick up the phone, man. And speak yeah. to these people. So they don't cancel on you in 30 days. Um, let's go into to last bit of metrics here. You're doing, let's say $2 million a month in ad spend. You're probably doing a bunch of other advertising, but how much money are you selling? How much money are you generating uh, on an annual basis for your companies? TF is around 25 million a year. Uh, sales mentor is around 18 wealth cap is around 24 23 24 um we just had a new business we picked up that's doing four to five um that one will probably be over 15 by the end of next year i mean we'll crack 100 million dollars in 2021 
relatively easily. And is, are you looking at these businesses as an ecosystem or are these all self like separate serving businesses where they don't touch really each other? We try to keep them in their own kind of universe yep. and we try not to have too much spillover at the beginning. It's not, it's, it's way harder than, than it seems to like, we have to have them a little bit wrapped together because a lot of the new acquisitions, the teams are not developed. Yep. Um, but there is still an ecosystem system aspect in that every business that we build or acquire serves in some capacity, one of the other businesses, for example, WealthCap takes the money that's coming out for the other, other businesses and it invests it sales mentor staff salespeople for all the other businesses, you know, so there's like different connection points, but for the most part, what we're trying to do is each business can be siloed off and sold if we want to get rid of it. Yep. Are you, is your main avatar and profile for most of these businesses, are you B2B? No. Okay. Are these all business owners or is it just people? No, Wealth Gap's not really that many business owners. I mean, just people looking a lot of, it. yeah, people, we have people in California who are, are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that the houses in the <laughs> South, in the mid South are so cheap. Let me invest there. And, you know, they've got jobs and pensions and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yep. What, what's last question here for you? What's your exit strategy out of all this, out of all these companies, out of all this wealth that you've built for yourself? Where do you see yourself in three, five, 10 years? Like what's, where is Taylor Welch going to be? I think we'll be over a billion annually in 10 years. I don't know. You know, you can build all the plans you want, but sometimes it's just like things change and you got to be agile in the process. I, to be honest, I don't really have much of an exit strategy right now. I'm having a lot of fun. Chris is having fun. Chris wants a private plane. So it's like, well, here's, here's the math we need to, to get into the plane. <laughs> Let's get into business. the fun stuff now. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I think if, if you do it right and, and we're doing it right, then it might not make it sense to have an exit because we're able to do what we enjoy doing and the things that we don't enjoy doing. There are other people in the world who do enjoy doing those things. So it's not a, it's not like a, you know, a, a zero sum game. It's really the opportunity to give people things they enjoy and we keep things we enjoy, but who knows, man, we may, we may get tired in 15 years and sell everything. I don't know. Somebody walked up to you right now and they're like, Taylor, here's 200 million to step away. Would you take it? Probably not. No, there you go. No, I had a hundred million dollars in sales with the EV that we have. I think if you get into six, 700 million, maybe, but what, I mean, what, obviously everything's for sale, but what do you think the multiple is? Because obviously, you know, SaaS companies have high multiples, retail businesses have low multiples. What do you think a multiple is on the education and on the wealth management space? The education is probably two, two and a half. It's really low uh, education. Of, yeah. Sales mentor has some recurring, so that'll probably bump up to four or five. One of the other businesses we acquired is recurring and that'll be over 10 next year. So, you know, that, that could be worth a lot. Um, WealthCap has two different types of businesses in it. One, but it's an asset business, so the valuation is going to be inflated on that as well. One hundred percent. So, and we keep a lot of that real estate. And you know, by the by the end of twenty twenty two, we would have to go through absolute terror and crisis to not hit three to four hundred million in holdings. That's assets, un, not under management. Right? We're not playing Grant Cardone's bullshit. Owned <laughs> like assets owned. The difference between me and Grant Cardone besides the fact that he has a plane and I don't, um, is he does assets under management. He eats, he eats a percentage of that for his take home and he does very well. 
I own all my shit. No, we're not selling any of our so, stuff or managing it for other people. I want to make sure that the viewers understand that because a lot of people don't understand assets uh, as far as like building assets. So you're, what Grant Cardone is doing is essentially creating a fund saying, hey, 100 people, give me 100 grand. Uh, let's get this fund together. And then he's essentially taking a percentage to manage that fund or whatever the case, what he's doing in the background. You're essentially saying that you are taking that a million dollars or $10 million or whatever it is in you of your own liquid money. And you're putting that into physical assets, buying those assets and that those are your physical properties. Now question I have for you is because I see saying yes, by the way, for those of you guys watching the audio, he's saying yes to that. Um, uh, but um, on the flip side, so we're all these people in wealth cap, where's I give you a hundred grand. Like, how does it work? Where were you doing? What are you taking that money? Is it not we do have Grant we, Cardone style? We, yeah, yeah. We have the we have the SEC fund part set up. Um, it's a debt fund though, not a syndication fund. And the difference is a syndication is like they they own a percentage of the real estate. And I'm I'm pretty sure, unless I'm mistaken, Grant owns a piece of his too, likely because you take a piece for the know-how and the knowledge to put the deal together. Yep, 100 um, percent And it's ours is just debt. That's all that it is. So when somebody invests a million dollars into one of our, our funds, see, notice what I just did is I just raised you. It's like, I'm not taking a hundred grand from anybody because yeah. it's peanuts now. But if a million bucks, someone else put a million bucks in, we'll pay them a percentage for that, but it's promissory style, promissory note style. It's to be paid back at a future date. There's no preferred returns. It's just a, an annualized payment that we make monthly and that's for the the benefit that's for the privilege of using that cash we pay them for it then we return that sum to them what's like average percentage of of, of return on your money what are you seeing right now for the fund yeah 10 to 12 percent that's good yeah that's great okay sure. fair enough and hey you have you have a book coming out let's close out with that um tell us a little bit about the book um and where people can go get it yeah, so uh, they can pre-order it. It's at trafficandfunnels.com slash 99 cents. And I think 99 is uh, the numbers. And then cents is spelled out. Um, it is called The Consultant Next Door. It is uh, really a conglomerate of what we've done in the last three or four years. Everything kind of put down into a book that teaches how to build offers, how to set up your first bits of marketing and advertising. Um, I wrote this back in... January, February of this year. Um, and we've just gotten all of the pieces together finally to launch it. So we sold about a thousand copies. The feedback has been phenomenal and uh, pre-order is 99 cents. So it's a steal of a deal. Love it. And that's available and out right now. Somebody can go to trafficandfunnels.com slash nine, nine, and then cents spelled out. Yeah. We'll pick that up right now. And I'm assuming is it 99 cents? Yep, it is indeed. All right. Well, there you guys go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Taylor Welch from Traffic and Funnels and multiple other companies coming out all the way from Nashville. Uh, Taylor, brother, thank you so much for your time. Uh, tons of value you dropped here, man. We appreciate you, man. Uh, and we'll see you in a couple of months when you're when you're up to that billion-dollar valuation. There we go. Thanks, <laughs> right, bro. Man. Bye. Want more of Marketer's Mindset? Join our private Facebook group where agencies from all over the world share strategies, network, and scale their business together. Visit facebook.com slash groups slash marketers mindset to get instant access. Also, if this podcast impacted you in any way, please share it with friends and leave us a review on iTunes as that really helps build our community.